Hey friends, I am uh, busting out this recording for you really quickly here. Um, I am at the time of this recording, I'm on my way to jump on a plane to go back to Texas because my 90 year old grandmother who I just celebrated her birthday with her in February, uh, it just passed away. And, um, yeah, I got word yesterday. And so today I am boarding a plane, but I wanted to share this with you before I left, because I know that, um, you know that the empowered, I'm sorry, the embodied feminine empowered soul workshop is coming up on Thursday, March 19th. And um, I'm really, really excited about this. I, I am actually going to be back by then, thank goodness. Uh, and I'm already ready to go and prepared and so excited to share it with you. Uh, during this trial of time that between now and then, <laughs> um, I don't I don't know if I really talked about it, but my last trip to Texas was really kind of rough for me and I've learned a lot and I've prepared myself and I am going to utilize, obviously, <laughs> these empowerment tools, these embodiment tools that we are going to be teaching on the 19th. And I'll share with you how that goes. Maybe I'll even do some recording while I'm there to just touch base in. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter who you lose. Uh, death is not an easy thing to to go through. And, and for me, I felt so complete with my grandmother. I mean, I felt completely complete with her. Like, I just know that we're done. We're, we're good. Um, but my mom is just struggling so, so bad. And with my empathic connection to my mother, it's just like, whoa, okay. So I'm really working hard on, uh, just, not, not focusing on not embodying her pain, but doing healing work on her um, from the other side, like I would do with a virtual patient or even what you might do in prayer. So your prayers are really, really powerful. There's a lot of scientific evidence pointing to that. Um, so this is the, this is my work, right? So when I uh, embody my feminine and power my soul, <laughs> I am uh, in my power as a feminine being, as a human being, and as a daughter. And that's where I need to be for my mother. And so it is it is just vital for her and me that I do that. Primarily, so she can feel supported in the best way possible. Secondarily, so I don't get lost in the Texas minutia, because that's really easy for me to do. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll be sharing a little bit of that with you. Um, I'm not sure how the week is going to go. So I may not get a recording out till the following week, but you know, no, I'm here with you and, and I'm just forwarding. This is a forward to a recording of, uh, an interview I did with Molly Douglas, who is the lady I am teaching this workshop with, the, this um, empowered feminine, I'm sorry, embodied feminine empowered soul workshop. Uh, and I just really wanted to share it again because I want you to hear her voice. I want you to hear her authenticity. I want you to hear her passion. And I want you to learn a little bit about what she has to offer because in this workshop, when we work together, it is incredibly powerful. Um, we did a run through with a person who pretended to be our, our, our person right? Because this is our first one we're doing, our, our attendee, our student. And uh, it was it was so incredibly impactful for her. So I just know um, the second time around is going to be even better. So I'm excited to have you all there. Uh, it's just going to be a fun exploration. It's only two hours. It's only $27. Like put, put it on your books, okay? Like mark your calendar now and get registered. I will put a link at the bottom of the show notes. And um, yeah, I'll just keep reaching out and tapping in and sharing with you anything that comes up along the way. Maybe I'll, 
I don't know. Who knows what will come up? I'm going to I'm going to leave it open to grace and God and spirit and flow and my higher self to be in alignment with whatever needs to be happening in any given moment. So, um embodied feminine empowered soul is my goal. <laughs> and uh yeah, if you're doing this already, if you're like in empowering your feminine and embodying, I'm sorry, embodying your feminine and empowering your soul um, with certain techniques. I would love to know about those. You know, I'm, uh, you can join into the uh, Turn Your Soul on Facebook group and share some of those. Um, if you're just feeling like you want to reach out and and let me know about some of your tips that I can possibly use this week, that would be awesome. So feel, uh, feel good about jumping in on that. I would appreciate it. <laughs> um, but here I am on my way out the door. I'm actually feeling really good about this trip. I'm feeling very uh, stoked to be able to be, to be able to just pick up and go like I have. I mean, my, my life, my whole life has changed so tremendously over the past couple, basically over the past two months um, with my transition into just working for myself, which has been fabulous. So um, yeah, thank, thank goodness. Thank God. Thank grace. Thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for giving me a platform to share my work. Thank you for absorbing it and sharing it with your friends. So please pass this along. We'd love to have you and all your friends on the embodied feminine empowered soul workshop on March 19th. And, uh, on that note, I will let you go and here's enjoy the show. And let me tell you, we are not just healing our wounds of this life. We are healing our ancestral wounds. We are mm. healing our collective wounds. We are healing past lifetime wounds. We were healing all these wounds in order to evolve. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hello, gorgeous ones. I am thrilled to be here with you today. I've got a really special guest that I'm bringing forth in this Ambition and Grace session. Her name is Molly Douglas, and Molly Douglas is an art therapist, and uh, she also practices trauma-sensitive yoga and creative intuitive healing and she offers sacred feminine workshops and body-centered psychotherapy and all these really beautiful, yummy, wonderful, feminine, sensual things that I think you're really going to dig hearing about. And um, Molly, I want to welcome you to our show. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I just want to kind of preface that... Um, most of most of my shows are solo casts. It's just me talking, and then I intersperse interviews throughout. To and we call these ambition and grace sessions. And essentially, the reason why I do that is because I think it's so important for. And I know you're. I know you're so aligned to this, but it's just so important for women to know that they can too. Oh, absolutely! It's so much easier when we know we're doing this together and not by ourselves. Mm, 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I know you've probably seen this too, but it's just easy for, and and I've even done this myself, you know, where I've looked up to somebody who's made it quote unquote made it. (laughs) And I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I want to be just like that. And then maybe self-doubt comes into play or your storylines about why you can't or how your past or your childhood or your mom or whatever (laughs) has impacted your ability to actually be what you want in the world. And um, what we're doing here is we're just unwinding that and we are opening the door for women so that they know that they can too, so that they know whatever storyline they've been living by, they can let go of. And that there's, that we, me and you, are just like them and they are just like us. I mean, we're all, we're all one and we all have the same ability to, to create. And your creation is going to look a little different than my creation because our vibrations are different and we all have the ability to create and we're manifestors by nature. And so I'm so grateful to be talking to you yes. right now, Molly. Yes. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This is why I know our listeners are going to love everything that you have to offer because you're so in alignment with what we do here. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm super excited about this. So nice, nice. And so I know I kind of preempted uh, some of the things that you do, and I know you do so much more. Do you want to kind of give us a little synopsis of what exactly is it that you do and how you got here? Sure. Um, yeah, I have been using, uh, some form of creative intuitive healing, um, for about the past 20 years. And I've been working in the mental health practice for the past 11 years. So it started just being able to find these tools and how they worked with myself and working through, um, trauma and childhood sexual trauma and being able to reconnect back to my body. Um, and so I offer, um, alternative ways for individuals to learn to connect back, to connect back to themselves, back to others, and ultimately back to the planet. Because like you said, we're, we're all one. We are just a multifaceted, um, a multifaceted crystal that we are just reflected back in, in every, everyone. Um, so I take individuals through a creative intuitive process in order to help them explore and express feelings or to heal and transform um, and help them connect to their higher self and their higher consciousness. Wow. Love that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really love that. And I, I kind of have some curiosities around a few things that you just spoke of. Can I, yeah, can we go there? Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Um, so first of all, you know, I know like you've had some, the, the sexual abuse that you've talked about and some childhood trauma and eating disorders, which I'll let you get to into uh-huh. in a few minutes, but, you know, coming from that place, cause I, I've had similar experiences in some ways and coming from that place to where you are now, you sound like you're so put together and you like know yourself in a very <laughs> deep way. And well, like really, like I know yeah, where you no, came from. <laughs> right. It's, but it's something I have to work at every day. You know, it's something that head, that ego lens gets in the way all the time where those self-doubts or those insecurities or fears will creep up and and I have to, you know, realign that 
a lot in order because we go through the layers, right? If we 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 heal through these layers and we're like, yeah, damn, I got this. This is great. And then <laughs> something will creep in again. It's like, oh, you know, it'll pull on my you know self-worth or value. This has really been a, a year of re realigning my value and worth. And I don't think that's just a me thing. I think it's a we thing. It's a, a collectiveness that we are working to heal those wounds that are around our value and our worth um, as a human being. And, and uh, so, yeah, those, you know, those wounds come up all the time, although I've worked on them and, and worked on shedding those old beliefs and, and cores and values that, that there's, we, we continuously to have layers as we grow and evolve. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And you peel yeah. off one and then the next one arises. And I, right. I have some sense that this is probably going to be the way it is while I'm a total embodied. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm curious, like, how did you, first of all, how did you get to a place where you knew you wanted something different? Because when you, when someone is stuck in child abuse and eating disorders and all the other things that have gone on in your, in your past mm-hmm. um, that can be a, a really huge detriment to someone's growth. How, do you, how did you know that there was something better? How did you know that there was something other than that that you could reach mm-hmm. for? I, I th- it was, you know, it goes back to... To high school where I was, I was signed up to be a flight attendant and I had two aunts that were flight attendants. And at the last minute, I, I, I didn't, I, I just knew it wasn't the right place for me. I knew that there was something more. So that was probably the first time I felt like, yeah, there's absolutely something more. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like, but I'm willing to figure it out. And, um, and it wasn't until I, you know, discovered art therapy. A friend had told me about it, um, and I had no idea what it was. And it was way back in the day when we had to, you know, actually go to the library to research. This <laughs> was <So> before <laughs> Google. <laughs> and you uh, and and it was that that was absolutely that first aha moment was art therapy. I was like, oh my god, this is exactly what I want to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and it was that that purpose. Like I knew that was it. And it was a rough road, um, in college. And, uh, I had way too much fun. Um, when I went to Kansas state and I ended up not graduating and my trauma had come to the surface, um, you know, confronting my abuser and confronting the eating disorder. And that's also when I discovered yoga and found that like, wow, this is, this, this help connects me back to my breath. It helps me breathe. Uh, you know, it's not, it wasn't about like how far I could stretch. It wasn't about, it was a really, you know, laid back kind of restorative type of yoga, but it was the first thing I'd done for myself to really connect to my body. And I didn't realize, um, I didn't know it could feel safe to, to be embodied. And so yoga was that first step of, of reconnecting, learning to befriend my body again, um, and to feel safe in it. And then from there, um, as I, it, it was a long road, but I, I, you know, I finally was able to, uh, 
go back to school after I had um, dropped out as like six credits short of graduating and moved back home for a year and was just knew I had to get back into it. And, um, and my husband had encouraged me while well, he is my boyfriend or fiance at the time, but we were looking at grad schools. Um, but before that, my mom had discovered that there was a place locally that actually had a art therapy certificate program. And although you have to get your master's in it in order to become certified or board certified, uh, it was, it was just one of those first steps back um, into it. And it was through, you know, mentors that I had that encouraged me to, um, yeah, Roberta Victor was a mentor of mine that was phenomenal and she encouraged me to go to grad school. And so I just, I kept going. I, I just kept going and it felt like it was never going to end and I was never going to be, never get there, but I did. And, um, you know, it was a healing process at the same time because I had to go through my own personal therapy, uh, which at the time I thought was kind of bullshit. <laughs> I was like, this is the only, who else has to, has to have their own personal therapy in order to, you know, graduate. Graduate. <laughs> right? But it, it was, it was the best thing ever. And, and of course you have to know your crap so it doesn't get in the way of, of others. Um, you know, when you're working with helping people. So it's, yeah, it, it was what brought me to, to realizing that, well, if it worked for me, it can work for others. Mm. Oh, wow. That's so wonderful. Okay. Yeah. So that sounds like a pretty challenging road of, of not being able to, you felt, felt like you're kind of like pushing against so much to even get through school. <laughs> Right. It was, it was, you know, I was pushing, I was pushing against feeling enough, feeling enough, feeling self-worth. I never thought of myself as like smart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't have a lot of encouragement in, in that department, um, growing up with like boyfriends or whatever. It just, you know, the value was on the outside. It wasn't on the inside. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, to like write a thesis and to go to like, you know, like I've, I was damn proud. <laughs> you I should was, be. <laughs> right? So, yeah, but there was always that imposter syndrome. I mean, it didn't matter how many degrees I had. It didn't matter, um, you know, how many letters are behind my name or how many books I'd read. There, there was never enough. It was still, like, feeling like I was an imposter in some way. Oh, wow. I so get that feeling. Yeah, I think a lot of women do. I think I think we all kind of struggle with that that feeling of enoughness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. men too. I'm sure. You know, I, I bet they do. I bet they do in some ways. But I think you're. I think you're right. I think for sure, women women deal with that because we have, you know, kind of in a culture, it feels like we have these expect that are put on us to either be beautiful or be a stay-at-home mom or whatever the story is, you know, that we make up and align to as we're growing up. And, um, and then when we become called to step into our authentic truth, which is what we're all being called to do on some level, even though you may not be conscious of it, Absolutely. Um, there's a rub because our authentic truth doesn't necessarily align with having blonde hair, big, big boobs and a tiny waist or, um, 
align with, oh, my family thinks I should be. Like for me, my family wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. That I was, I was groomed to be a doctor or a lawyer. I was going to be a surgeon. Like I was on my way. Mm. And then I made a quick turn to the left and I went down the chiropractic model and, and I was, then, then I was the black sheep of the family because they, I didn't live up to the expectation. That was really hard. Right. So I, you know, it, yeah. I think it doesn't matter what our, what our, what our thoughts are around what we're supposed to be, but we're told we're supposed to be something. And then our truth and our authentic, our authenticity isn't necessarily aligned to that. And so now we have this gap or this rub between what we think we're supposed to be and who we really are. And that gap, I believe, is what, what we're working, me and you and the other people who are in the mm-hmm. healing arts are working to close for women. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that place of empowerment, right? That connection to the whole self, these stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we inherit and, and, and just shedding that, shedding those layers and to truly connect to what is within. Um, yeah. That yeah. authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. That empowered self. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then helping people know it can be safe, right? Holding a sacred container for that evolution. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then, you know, um, one of the things I know you speak about is finding balance in the sacred from the feminine, from the lens of the sacred feminine. Yes. Can, can you speak a little bit more to that? Sure. Um, yeah, this was a discovery that that came along. Well, I've always been into like metaphysical and um, you know astrology and things like that since since um, I found the metaphysical section um, at the college bookstore. Um, not the college bookstore. I was at like Hastings, but it was when I was at college. But uh, you know, there was always this draw to something more, and um, but it wasn't until. I started connecting to like chakras and energy work and realizing that there's, there's this, this other part of self, the spiritual self, but it was never the part I heard about in church, like growing up and through religion. And, um, you know, there were never, I never found the role models in church or religion, but I found them in the metaphysical section Mm. in the bookstore. And the more I learned about it and the more it really connected that there's this, the sacred feminine self. And for me, it came through the goddess. It came through, I think the first goddess that um, I found was this Hindu goddess of compassion, uh, the Tara, the green Tara. And I found a a sculpture of her when I was on vacation, um, like early 2000s. And I really didn't know anything about her, but I thought she was fantastic. And I read her little tag and it's like goddess of compassion and unconditional love. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for, you know, therapy and what I want to do. I'll just put it in my office. So she's been in my office since, you know, I've started practicing. And and then the next one that came along, I think, was uh, Kuan Yin. And I started reading about Kuan Yin. I'm like, oh, this is a heart-centered lens. She's so beautiful. She's this connection to, you know, seeing through a new lens. And then Isis came along, goddess Isis, the Egyptian goddess. And mm. there's just this huge empowerment. And, and so, you know, the sacred lens has been this, this growth and this learning that 
you know, these are my role models. Like this is the connection to, to the spiritual self that, that I've always longed for and wanted. And, and she goes by so many different names and it's, you know, it's, um, I started out with like Oracle cards and learning about the different goddesses and, um, our connection to them. And it it really is the spiritual part of self that's been cut off for for thousands of years. But finding this empowerment that it's within, you know, it may be the image or it may be, um, you know, these individuals who, who lived long ago, but it's it's their their attributes. They're kind of like, you know, the, the archetypes, right? Mm. These these feminine parts of self that that are within all of us. And that was such an empowering place to connect to and to find balance. And, and the practice that I've been teaching and that I've been working on myself is being able to shift from this headlands, which is very much patriarchy. It's very much um, this place of, of doing, right? And, and we can get caught up in the, the ego, the fears, the doubts, the worries. But if we can drop down and hear below the noise, which, you know, some um, ancient wisdom has called that the way, where, where we can see things through a different lens. We can hear, we can, we can connect um, and, like, see the bigger picture and for me, that's through the lens of the sacred feminine. If we drop down to that heart lens and see through those eyes, then it's not about overpowering or, or taking over the masculine. Or the, we all have the, the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine energy running through us. It doesn't matter if you identify as male or female or neither or both. We all have this, this, these energies. And the sacred feminine energy is not about overpowering the masculine. It's about creating balance with it and having it aligned. Um, but if we start with the headlands, then, you know, the way we see ourselves is, you know, can be really negative and, and um, not enough, right? And the way we see others and the way we see the planet. But if we start from the heartlands, if we start from that that sacred feminine lens, then we can see through those eyes of love. We can see through those eyes of compassion and not just, you know, I'm especially for ourselves. Um, but when we can see ourselves through the, that lens, then we can see others through that way. And then we can see how sacred everything is on this planet and how we are all connected. Um, so yeah, that's, that was that place of, of self-love and compassion and learning um, that that really does shift everything mm-hmm. with the sacred feminine. And it's, you know, goddess is, is really trendy right now, which I love and I'm so grateful for because I think, you know, that's the doorway in. But it's, it's not about, you know, just goddess. It's about connecting back to that spiritual part of us that's been that's been cut off that's been you know broke off for so long and you know that's also our creative our intuitive those are all of our empowerment centers and art therapy really embodies all of that and I didn't put all those pieces together until down the road but it really is this um you know embodies all those principles Mm, I love that. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I've not ever done art therapy, but it sounds like something I want to do. 
Yes. (laughs) That sounds really cool. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And then I'm curious, what would you say to a woman who may be listening right now, who has some resistance coming up to doing something of this nature? Because, you know, it's, it's, first of all, as you know, it's a really difficult thing for us to look at our shadow. It's a really (laughs) difficult thing to break out of our groove, even though the groove we're in may be painful or lacking or, you know, not enoughness, right? Right. But to let go of that means that we, we shift will happen. So if we let go of that on our mental mindset and on an energetic level, then that's going to affect our physical world. And so then, the, then there's mm-hmm. the fear that arises of, okay, what is it that I'm going to have to do, be, or become as a result of making these changes in my life, right? So, so the, yeah. these are like walls that women I, con- I commonly see will put up because they're like, eh, I don't want to go there. How would you encourage someone who may be in that place to, to open up to something like this? Hmm. Uh, you know, that, 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 is where, that is where I meet people at. That's where when, they're, when they come to me, they're ready. They're ready to do that. They're, they're not sure what, they're not sure how, they're not sure, you know, what's next, but they know that what's been working isn't serving a purpose any longer. So being able to just connect with them in the moment of, of what's not serving. Um, and I work a lot just through feelings. We don't have to dig up every single detail in order to heal. And let me tell you, we are not just healing our wounds of this life. We are healing our ancestral wounds. We are mm-hmm. healing our collective wounds. We're healing past lifetime wounds. We we're healing all these wounds in order to evolve. Um, and where people want to be to, to live the best versions of themselves and the life that they desire. Like, like we're here to live like a heaven on earth. We're here to live like the best, most abundant life. We're, we're made to be um, abundant human beings, but we're, we're stuck in these old ways of, of doing and thinking and believing, and it's really miserable. And um, so when people are are becoming aware of this, so I see this as like um, three, three different sort of uh, parts of transformation. Um, I call them like the fires of transformation. The first one is living aware. The second one is living awake. And the third one is living aligned. Mm. And... The living aware is just that awareness that um, there's something more, right? There's something more. There's something more that in a way that we can be. And some of that is just reconnecting back to the body and feeling safe in the body and using breath to connect back um, because that connects us just to the feeling of being grounded. So many of the, you know, so much of the unpleasant or uncomfortableness, um, the wounds and the stories take us out of our body and we just don't even want to be present. But when we're not present, we're, we're numbing. And if we're numbing or disconnecting from the unpleasant, we're also numbing and disconnecting from the pleasant mm-hmm. and the joy and the bliss. So, yeah, um, we're... we're um, just getting individuals back into the body and finding that place of grounding and reconnecting. And it's from that place that we, we can start to explore what, 
what the wounds are and, and what's not working um, or just what needs to be shifted. And maybe it's something that doesn't need to be shed and let go, but maybe it's just a shift in, in how, it, how it's, um, you know, what the function is right now and, and how it's flowing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds like you kind of meet women where they're at, you know, depending on how open they are to, to facing or revealing or being vulnerable and then kind of give them a little bit of a directive uh, depending on where they're at as to the next step. So it can be kind of a safe unfoldment and evolution for them. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Um, and, and realizing that there are so many tools that, you know, you can work with in order to, you know, make it not painful in order to feel empowered. And, and a lot of that is shifting and seeing things out of a new lens and creativity Mm. and intuition too. women, um, you know, intuition is that connection back to the body and using the body as a resource in order to, uh, know when something's unpleasant or, or pleasant and, and that we really do have those tools in order Mm -hmm. to connect to what we really want and what we need, um, we are our own oracle. We are our own fortune teller. We don't need something outside of ourselves. Um, so all I do is just help guide individuals to to find those places to within, and then ultimately they figure out what what is working for them and what is not, and what is ready to be healed and and transformed and shifted. Mm, I love that. I, I also, I really love the piece around pleasure because mm. I, I, I never really, like yes. until you just said that, I never really considered it before until you said that if you're cutting yourself off from the painful stuff or the displeasurable stuff, you're also cutting yourself off from pleasurable stuff. Absolutely. We can't mm. just, yeah, we can't just choose what, what we numb off and what we don't. It's kind of a big switch for, for all. And and, you know, pleasure is something that's really connected to the body, right? It's all of our senses. And so if we're disconnected from the body, if we're not embodying, um, you know, who we are, then, then we're missing out on all of that. And, and it's time to bring sacred back. It's time to bring sacred back to the body and feel that and feel ourselves as this big, you know, beautiful temple, um, to, to bring sacred back to eating and speaking and acting and, mm. um, you know, love the way we eat, the way we speak, the way we love, the way mm-hmm. we act. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. I think the sacred piece is really important because I could hear people's minds going to, as, that, as we were talking about, if you're cutting yourself off from ple- uh, displeasurable things, you're cutting yourself off from pleasurable things. And I could hear people's minds going to, well, I enjoy food. I enjoy sex. I, over, mm-hmm. I enjoy overindulging, right? All these things that, yes, are pleasurable, but are probably also ways that people numb themselves out. Absolutely. It's a matter of intention. You know, intention is huge. It's what, you know, you can, you can, ha- you can eat to enjoy, but you can also eat to numb. You can have sex to have pleasure and to enjoy, but you can also do it to numb. It's really about that consciousness, right? Awake, being awake. And that consciousness of being in the moment, being in that present moment and feeling with the senses and embodying that and, mm. and connecting back to that sacred part of self, which is that, that, that spiritual self, that higher part of consciousness. Mm. And, and we, everything that, that, 
that, you know, not everything, but I imagine quite a few things that we have shame and guilt around. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is quite pleasurable, but it's just that we've been told and it's been shifted and distorted and um, to make it feel like it's something not okay. But if we create Mm -hmm. it with the right intention in that embodied place, then, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. the way we're supposed to be living. And that's, that can be a very challenging thing to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially for women. I don't have sexual abuse, but I can, I've worked with a lot of women who do. And it, I, I believe, even though I haven't had sex, sexual abuse per se, I believe, I don't know that I've met any woman who doesn't have sexual trauma of some mm-hmm. sort, be it programming from childhood or choices they made when they were kids, whatever, you know. Um, and to come to, for me, like I'm still working on how do I feel ultimate pleasure in, in, in all things. And I'm, I'm getting better every day, but I know I've got a long way to go. And to be able to experience pleasure in all things, if, if I'm eating food, it really, my most pleasurable meals now are meals that I sit down and I have, like you said, intention. Like I sit down and I'm like, oh, this morning I had these, it's a very simple breakfast, eggs with salsa and some sprouts that I grew. And I was just so mm-hmm. grateful that, oh my gosh, I actually grew these sprouts. Like I grew these sprouts and now I've got these powerhouse superfoods that I'm eating on these beautiful organic eggs. Thank you so much, chickens. Thank you so much, That's farmers. Awesome. Yeah. You know, like, like this is the kind of, and then the, the food I know, regardless of what I'm eating, is, 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 is actually absorbed and utilized from a spiritual perspective rather than just like filling my fat cells up, you know? Yeah, and the, the the vibration, right? The vibrations raised of everything you're you're bringing into your body because of the gratitude and because that raises the vibration of of it. And um, and I think that's what we do with any with anything when it comes from this this place of sacred and bringing sacred back into what we eat or what we're doing or how we're connecting with each other. It raises the vibration. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And it's the same with sex. Like, yeah. I'm st- like again, I'm still working on finding the most pleasure I can through my body, right? Through my senses. And in order to do that, I know that I have to be completely 100% vulnerable and present with my partner mm-hmm. to be able to be embodied during the process rather than checking out during the process, which I've done in the past a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, me too. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, right. Anybody yeah. who has had sexual trauma has, right? Or even if you have a storyline that it's not okay to be to be having sex like it's a sin or whatever it is right like you're not it, those you know, stories those the stories stories the chains that we are those those binds um mm-hmm. of how we see ourselves mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and 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 if those are truths um but and they're not and they're, they're not. just they're in they're just embedded in our dna that's ready to heal and transform mm-hmm. um and that healing part for me was, was that sacred, knowing that the pleasure that, especially with sex, that when I shifted that lens from um, this is something I shouldn't be doing or this is something that it's not okay or, you know, whatever those, those old stories were to um, 
I deserve this, that my body's a temple, that and and orgasm is the you know, the highest connection to to spiritual self, mm. to source, that this is you know, spiritual part of self is the sovereignty of the whole self. Um, of that really does embody a lot of the sacred feminine that was cut off um, and and um, disconnected from. So really connecting back to to that place of sacred. Mm. That, that it's all sacred, that sex is sacred, that the body is sacred, that sharing yourself with someone else is a sacred um, act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love this. I could talk about this all day long. I know, this can be its own. <laughs> we can do a whole, yeah, podcast on just sacred sex and pleasure and so Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. All right. All right, all right. cool. And, and that all ties into value and worth, right? Oh, absolutely. Completely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I love it that you speak to self-worth and, so, and value and, and those kinds of things. And, I, and I've also heard you speak to... Um, how you stepped out of your spiritual closet and integrated spirituality into your practice. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know a little bit more about that because um, I think, I know for me, like I'm a very spiritual person, but I don't necessarily share my spiritual experience with the world. As a matter of fact, I'm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do bring it into my practice some, but I don't, I don't open that door a whole bunch depending on who I'm working with. You know, some people are like, yeah, give it to me. But other people, if you do, if you, it seems like in my mind, like if I, if I open that door too much, it'll scare them off or whatever storyline, or like I, I do a chanting practice and I still have weirdness around chanting. And even in front of my boyfriend, you know, I would prefer he'd be gone, you know, because it's embarrassing or whatever the story. I don't even know the story. It's just, I can feel his feeling inside. And one time I was at a, um, I was at a yoga a workshop and the teacher who was from India it was actually Iyengar's daughter who I was being taught by. It was so beautiful. Oh, wow. Yeah. She came in and she, uh, she went to the altar. She lit the candle. She bowed. She prayed all right in front of me. And I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, she's doing that in front of us. Like, you know, it was like a, it was a revelation for me because I've never like seen anybody be so open about their spirituality. It was always kind of behind a closed doors, you know, in my house because you don't want people to think you're weird or whatever, you know? So, right. Yeah, yeah. So if you could just kind of maybe speak to how you brought your, how you got out of your spiritual closet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's all about being seen and heard, right? What are others going to think of me and and the mm. judgment? And, and uh, you know, like I said, I was the one in the metaphysical section of the bookstore for so long, but, you know, I was, I, I have boxes and boxes of oracle cards and, and, you know, crystals and, you know, tarot cards and, you know, learn to, I've self-taught myself how to read tarots and how to use the pendulum. And it was just something that was always just kind of fascinated me, um, along with the books and, but it was never something I brought into a clinical practice. (laughs) And I think the, there were two things. Yoga was definitely a bridge for that because of the chakras and learning about the chakras, the energy systems of the body and how they connect amazingly. You know, I mean, they're absolutely supposed to be an integration of psychology and spirituality and 
in my opinion, um, because those chakras not only connect to different emotions in the body, um, they connect to the different organs, but they also connect to like Maslow's hierarchy and needs. Um, and so working, I work a lot of with the individuals with the root center and the sacral and the root is all about feeling safe um the sacral is that place where we you know we connect all our feelings but it's also our creative flow and our creative energy and connection to that divine creative flow and the solar plexus is about that place of um confidence and self-worth and value and sense of self and with trauma you know that totally a lot of the times we can't say and do what we want to say. So it builds up all these masks. And, um, you know, I had no idea who, what authenticity even meant until I got into grad school and started doing my own therapy. So, you know, chakras was one bridge. The other bridge was my daughter who, um, I gave birth to her in 2010, but as when she was like four, um, and she started, she started opening up my whole world. Well, one, when I was pregnant with her, it was the first time I felt true, unconditional love for my body. Um, cool. Complete, unconditional love. That was the very first time in, in my life that I could remember. Um, so she really has been a healing tool. But she, I mean, she, she came into this world completely... Um, awake with her with her divine birthright of her spiritual gifts and and so I've um she could see auras around people and around animals she could she would tell us you know stories of of like her favorite family <laughs> that she had before us oh my um yeah so in order to keep up with just I mean you know, she could see and talk to to people or beings that that I couldn't see, um, and I had to had to you know figure out how to keep her kind of you know safe in in that area without shutting her down. Like I knew she had something really magical and, and special, but I didn't want to make her freaked out about it. I didn't want to scare her. I didn't want to sh- shut it down because I think that happens to a lot of individuals. Um, I think I, you know, I had a, some of those spiritual gifts as a child, but I think they weren't encouraged, so they were closed down. Um, and so she really reopened that door for me um, with that spiritual closet and being able to kind of step out of that and and connect to this world of of, of support and invisible support, I guess. Um, I call it the light team, but the, the higher consciousness, right? Our angels, our guides, archangels to source, because that really is the, the protection and the lens, um, you know, where these sacred gifts come from. So I, she came home from kindergarten one day telling me she really liked this one kid. And, and I, you know, asked what she liked about him. And she said, well, his color's magenta. And so I had to go on the computer and it was just like, what chakra is magenta? And I was like the soul star chakra, which is (gasps) above the crown. And so these, she's, you know, she's completely magical and beautiful. And, and uh, yeah, really has taken me out of the spiritual closet. And in order to speak my truth about her, I just felt so, I had to do it in a whole way. I really just had to, to put it 
Because if I'm walking the walk and talking the talk for my clients, I can't not leave out that part. I mean, spiritual, you know, the spiritual part of self is part of the whole self. So when, when we're working through that and, and, you know, reflecting these parts and, and my clients can, can relate to her. They can relate to being, having those parts and, and having them be shut down as children and really tapping back into that intuitive part of self where it was bringing up these, these memories and, and for individuals. So the more I kept bringing it into my office, the more it was received. And, um, yeah, so now it absolutely is, is it feels integrated to be able to have that as a whole. Um, so yeah, we, we use art, we use intuitive divination tools, um, and, you know, really tapping into intuitively, um, I do with my clients and, and they tap into it as well. And it, it's really just a holistic way of healing, but not only healing, but connecting to the highest parts of themselves to see the bigger picture, to shift through a new lens, but to also find those places of, of empowerment, um, Mm. yeah as mm. their their best self yes 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 well hats off to you for <clears throat> being so open with and about your daughter you know because yeah. as a mother you have two options you have an option of poo poo it and shut it down or mm-hmm. honor it and let it become something that it wants to be right and I think it's a, it's really easy for women who are kind of don't understand or they think their kids just been silly or, you know, because they don't understand, right? It's easy for them just to kind of ignore it. But, you know, I I just really honor you for allowing your daughter to grow into whoever it is she is going to be. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Me too. It was, you know, it was really important. I think I, I, you know, feel like I'm, I wanted to be in this field so that I, I could be, you know, the parent I wanted to be to my child. And, um, and it's one of the toughest jobs in the world. And I don't, I don't think it matters what, what profession you're in at all, but, you know, she, she has been a, an important catalyst for that. And even with, um, with, with family who, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up where it was okay to even talk about past lives or, or talk about, you know, those things like that. So bringing those things up and, and, you know, have, having an understanding about that has really evolved, has really created this, this involvement of, of what it means to truly be human. Mm. Um, And I think she's a great lesson in that, that it is a divine birthright to, have these spiritual gifts. It's not just her. It's totally not just her. These children coming in are, are absolutely awake because they have a purpose here um, Mm. on this earth to, you know, heal this planet. Mm -hmm. And, but it's also, I think, to wake us up, to realize that we have these gifts and talents too. Um, They're just more repressed, Mm -hmm. but they, we are slowly opening up and remembering we had these gifts and there's a reason why we may have shut it down or repressed it. And it may be that, you know, when we did use those gifts um, and we did connect to them, then they maybe weren't real well received in the community or we could have been persecuted for speaking our truth or using our magic in one way, shape or form. 
Um, and that's, that's those old stories, right? That's the collective story we're healing. Um, that, that uh, you know, we can, we can be here to help heal and, and, and connect back to our spiritual self and we can do it for the best and highest good. Mm, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for your passion. You're doing such great work. Oh, thank you. I, I love what I do. I love sharing what I do too. So mm. that's a big part of being getting over being seen and being heard, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is there, I'm going to um, ask you a few closing questions and, yeah. um, and then we'll talk a little bit about how people can get in touch with you. But before we go there, sure. is there anything else you'd like to share? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess I feel like I've been talking quite a bit. Um, (laughs) um, you know, I think just, I, I, you know, I do, I have a passion for creating the ripple. I have a, I have a, I have a term light worker that was used, um, when I went to a retreat back in 2016, I had no idea what the word meant. Um, and, but what it basically means is being the way shower, being the light bearer that when you turn your light on, and I think it's through our stories that, um, through our wounds that we find the gifts. And if we don't truly connect back to our wounds and heal our wounds, we can't do anything to help others. But when we do connect back to our gifts, or connect back to our wounds, we find our gifts. And when we do that, it creates permission or it allows permission for others to do the same. And so when we are fully embracing and embodying who we are at our whole self and the darks and the lights, um, it gives permission for other people to do the same. And when our light is on, when we are shining our best, best, brightest, boldest self, then that gives permission for others to do the same and we create the ripple and that's you know that's evolution of where we're going into is this age of light and being these luminescent beings um where we can use our creative visualization and our energy of our you know we're all made up of energy so our highest self um to heal and transform and, and create this life of how we are supposed to be living it um, for love and light and hope and peace. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, I can't wait to have more conversations with you because this is yes. just a, uh, turning me on girl. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. I just, it just feels so good to talk to somebody who, can, who speaks my language so right oh well. <laughs> and that's what we do right when we speak it that's how we find our tribe mm-hmm. that's how we find our tribe is how when we speak it because it's the other people that raise their hand that goes oh, you're my people like yeah. this this makes you know this this lights me up this is me too mm. and and that's how we do it we can't do this alone and instead of you know competing and separating and feeling like we have to do this alone it's it's doing things like this where where we're helping each other rise and helping each other speak our truth and um you know cheering each other on doing this work yeah 
Yeah. Ah, well, thank you for the light that you're bringing. You um, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's my pleasure. Um, so before we go, I just have a couple of questions I want to um, ask. So I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember if we discussed this or not, if I actually told you. I changed the name of my podcast. Did I tell you that? Yeah, to the biohacking. Right? Yeah, the ultimate uh-huh. biohack for women. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm curious, what is your greatest biohack? Or I could ask that another way. It would be, what is... What's your number one thing that you do to optimize your well-being and your vitality? Mm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is speaking my truth. Ah, yes. Being the truth teller, you know, it's going from victim, the stories of the victim to the stories of the truth teller. And, um, you know, we hold on to those stories of our past we hold on to the stories of our ancestors and when we're when we realize that we don't have to hold on to those we can just be a channel and let it flow through and let other people's kind of stories flow through we we end up being the truth teller and not the victim mm-hmm. um and so that a transition and it really is doing the work it's doing the work to walk the walk to talk the talk um because that's, mm. that's how the things change. That's, that's how we change and shift and transform. Um, so I don't know if I answered that in a simple way, but just, just continuing to stay connected to that, connected to the intention um, and, and really to, yeah, to the whole self. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. And then my second question would be, what do you do to turn your soul on? So, so just let me preface this actually. So the reason why, so the, the show was called Turn Your Soul On Radio and I changed it to the ultimate biohack for women. And I believe that our ultimate biohack is being turned on because when we're in that mm-hmm. place... nothing is wrong. (laughs) Like you feel good no matter what, right? Right. So I'm curious, what do you do to turn your soul on? Mm. Following my yes. Mm. Following my hell yes. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. And I have to be connected to my intuition to guide that. So to embody that, that what's, what's calling me that, you know, which creates a lot of discernment. It creates a lot of like... Uh, say no. A, mm. a lot of saying no to what takes my time and energy that, um, you know, dims my light. So it mm. really is just following and saying, connecting to my holy hell, yes. Mm. Oh, thank you. I love that. Yes, ma'am. I'm with you on that. nice nice so I know you have a lot of things that our listeners could tap into um is there something you'd kind of like to give them so that they can know where to find you and how to get in touch with you I like your um lit from within global community as well so whatever it is yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah. If, well, if you are, if you're local and live in the, I'm around Iowa or Des Moines area, then uh, healingartspllc.com. That is my, um, healing arts is my practice here in Clive, Iowa. If you want to reach me on a global basis, if you are further away, lit from within, um, Molly Douglas Lip From Within is my Facebook page. You can connect with me there. And there's links on there for, <clears throat> excuse me, for Instagram. It's I am Lip From Within. You can follow me there. Um, I have a, 
I have an opt-in on my Facebook page for you can download a free ebook of five ways to let your light shine right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find that on there. And I also have some online uh, ways to work with me through um, private mentorship um, of the art of the sacred feminine, living lit from within. There's also group group, um, experiences if you're wanting to figure out how to integrate the head and the heart lens or bring the psychological and the spiritual together in whatever practice you're in. There's a lightworker mastermind group. Um, Or if you're just a little more curious and and want to know more about it, I have an audio course on there that's available as well that just uh, takes about 10, 20 minutes a day that you listen to on the way to work if you want to. So... Awesome. Awesome. And can you repeat the the website where people can get in touch with you? Sure. The website is healingartsp, as in Paul, llc.com. And you can find more of my links under Meet the Team. You'll see the other wonderful, beautiful women that work in the space I work in. Um, But there's also... um, yeah, the Facebook group is Molly Douglas Lit From Within, and Instagram is I Am Lit From Within. Oh, nice. Love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Molly. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. And if you want to go directly to the online um, the online group or uh, mentorship, you can also check it out on the Teachable page, which is litfromwithin.teachable.com. Nice, nice. But that's, yeah, it's a mouthful. So if you just go to healingartsplc.com, that'll get you there. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Awesome. So Soul Sisters, I just want to remind you, and this is, I've taken this from my mentor, uh, John Lee Dumas, but he, you know, he reminds me all the time that we're the culmination of the five people we hang out with most. And uh, you just spent some beautiful time with us. Hopefully we've created some shift in your life, enhanced your vibration, and may you be living with intention. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor. And the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.